Hello, and welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I'm your host, Molly Merwin, and I'm joined, as always, by Daisy Earl and Kaylee Cassidy. This is the podcast where we take inspiration from the news, discuss it, debate it, and tell you how to survive everything. And welcome to How to Survive Your Life. I'm your host, Molly Merwin. Welcome to our fifth episode. Yes. If this is your first time, welcome. We will get through this together. If you're coming back, thank you so much. I am joined as always with Daisy Earl and Kaylee Cassidy. Daisy, Kaylee, how are you both? Kaylee, I'll start with you this week. I'm very well, thank you. I discovered something that I've fallen in love with recently. Right. Have you ever felt the inside of a broad bean? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Goodness me. You both need to go get yourself some broad beans. They are in season at the moment. And when you open it, there's so much white fur inside that it is so nice that mm. I just felt I was feeling up my inner broad beans for quite a long time the other day when I was before making my dinner. So that's what life is like alone on a boat, broad bean feeling. Yeah, that is what it's come to, Molly and Daisy. That is what it's come to. Okay, so while Kaylee's been feeling broad beans, Daisy, what what have you been doing? How are you surviving? I'm good. I'm good, mate. I'm just, I'm very bored because I've been applying for jobs. I don't like applying for jobs. I Firstly, because it's day jobs I don't really want to do. It's only because comedy seems to be cancelled for the foreseeable right. future. No and that's it. That's my whole life. I have no other news. Ugh, day job, just job, period, apply applications just kind of suck your soul it's like a job in and of itself yeah you should get paid to do them shouldn't you that could be a good market bigger job yeah i guess that's why you have recruiters that's actually what recruiters do no, but I mean, like, if you apply for a job, yeah. you need to get paid by the government for every application you do. In the US, in order to get unemployment, you have to prove how many jobs you've applied to that week. And there's like a minimum. The same is true here, yeah. So technically you are getting paid <laughs> yeah, for, for filling an application. Okay, ladies. So this week we are talking about modern love. Oh, isn't it a lovely subject? It is. Well, it's interesting. You know, it's it's a very broad subject. There's a lot of things we could go mm. do about it. And I think especially right now with, with the vid, people are having to find more creative ways to date and meet up. I have I have a friend who's done several he didn't go on many dates before coronavirus and COVID and, and the lockdown. And now he's like going on all these like virtual dates and coffees and they go on zoom and they just hang out we're like where was this person like a couple of months ago but thanks for setting us up molly it was really kind of you yeah absolutely <laughs> I, I thought there was gonna be something there but i also think that that is i wish that in the old world dating it makes perfect sense to me that the first date is a virtual one because you don't have to get dressed up as much you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to pay for anything you're both drinking your own drinks in your own home Mm -hmm. you get to see them you got to have a chat see if it works i think that's much better actually than having to pay to go on a date or not pay and just have to dress up and yeah less pressure way less i think it's really nice 
you can really get to know somebody by mm-hmm. you actually take that effort to like message more and get to know them before you actually decide to go on a date. And I think that's really good because sometimes I don't know, messaging can be a bit annoying, especially when you've got normal life whizzing around you. Mm-hmm. But when life's a bit stiller like it is now, taking that time to really get to know who that person is via text, I think is, is really beneficial. You said it's so funny because one of my points today, one of my survival tips is about online dating. And I'm arguing almost the exact opposite at one point to what Kaylee just said. So Cassidy has now somehow evolved to rebuttal me before I've even made the point. So <laughs> that's what you get when you are a hippie, Daisy. You know, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was in queue for the grocery store, and there was a guy behind. Well, there's guy with his daughter, and then I assume maybe his brother or his friend. And you know, the guy with the daughter was he was married, and he was talking to his brother. Or whatever and he's like so you know what's dating been like and the guy was saying well actually you know because we can't go to the restaurant or anything like that you know he I found out he, he lives alone and so she, she'll come over to his place and then they'll go for like park walks and you know films and stuff like that at home and he's like basically we're getting to all the nitty-gritty stuff right off the top and he's like it's actually kind of nice rather than you know going out and spending money and, and going all that hoopla so I guess it is it is kind of nice yeah and I think I think it's always an anxiety for me of like whenever I once when I was younger I went on a date well my he became my boyfriend after that but we went on a date to the cinema and um, I was in front of him and he sort of looked a bit sheepish. So I was like, oh, I should pay for the cinema tickets. We were like 17, I think, mm-hmm. 16, 17. So I was like, oh, two tickets, please. And then he was being quite like slow to pay. So I just was like, oh, OK, I'll just pay then. And so I paid for us and then we went in and then he just said to me, it made really emasculated me when you paid for me. And I just remember going, oh, fuck, like, I'm sorry. I, I actually thought you wanted, I, I actually thought you wanted me to pay because you weren't doing anything. I should have just said, oh, are we pay? Like, what are we doing here? But actually, it's always just an awkward thing. Like, I always mm. feel awkward about that. So awkward. Why is that? I don't know. But I, I always felt so awkward about the whole dating thing. Who's going to pay? And yeah. I don't know. I think it's really nice to do rounds yeah I think it's really nice I think sometimes Mm -hmm. I went out with a guy who was a banker and he was really quite well well off so he insisted because he knew that I was a starving artist and I think I can like I didn't mind that because it was like oh okay so we can he and he said it's my pleasure to do this like I'd like to do this and if you really want to pay for a drink do but like I want to insist that whatever happened with him yeah why aren't you married to him do you still have his details (gasps) how dare he well if he's listening to this you know you're lost my friend yeah loser what a really fun time i was like really into him but no 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 time to go scaly oh mean no he probably i think he was doing a lot of gym stuff and he got really obsessed with sort of counting like how much body fat he had and i think it had took up a lot of his time and he didn't really have time to date me dick i'm just kidding Hey, I love how you both swung from <gasps> to uh, so quickly. I also love when you have like when you were well, like when I was single or I had like single girlfriends, a guy would ghost you or or ghost your friend. You're like, well, maybe you know what? I'm sure he hasn't called. Like maybe he's an accident you know maybe he's in a coma maybe he died you'd rather him be in an accident or die than the thought of him just like not like you anymore at least that's how my friends to comfort them I'm like i'm sure he's just dead that's why <laughs> yeah. I, know if I called i know it's because it's the other day 
I went for a walk in Mile End Park with the dog Bear Bear because I'm doing that dog sitting thing. And Bear Bear's on my lap and Bear Bear pees on me. Yeah, so I get weed on by a dog and then I'm walking around the park and there's this group of builders. They're sat having their lunch in the... Oh, it's not a park, it's a cemetery actually because I love a good old cemetery. And so so I'm walking with Bear Bear and then these men go, hey, all right, love. And I was like, hello. And they were like, oh, your dog is well nice. Nice dog. And they just kept going, nice dog. And so I just went to them, just weed on me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, that. It's a genuine shutdown of, you know, I've got urine on me. They went, hey, it's good luck if a dog wheeze on you. And I just think that's really funny that we give give these excuses because we're kind people and we want people to feel better (laughs) and to be like, oh, a dog pissed on me. It's good luck. (laughs) Oh, a guy ghosted me. Well, he died, so it's fine. Yeah, but with Mm -hmm. ghosting, I, that's the thing. I didn't even say it to comfort my friends. I have such an ego. I genuinely used to think if someone ghosted me, what if they died? Like I really, you know, would think there must be something terribly wrong. Who would just ignore me? Death is the only possible explanation. On a side note though, I think ghosting is incredibly rude and I very much strongly condone it because I think who are you like what a fucking ego if you just be well mannered enough just to say you don't have to give someone any detail I don't think as to why you don't want to go out with them that's completely your choice but I don't think it kills anyone just a very polite Mm. text just saying hi hope you're well I don't feel this has really worked out good luck with your life you know but to just disappear rude coward I actually had a guy I thought he ghosted me (laughs) Like everything's going great. I was like, ah. Oh. And then I don't hear from him. God, I thought he ghosted me. And then um, I forgot how, I, this has been years ago now, but I, I had to text him for some reason. I was like, oh, do you want me to bring this over? And he's like, actually, I had a I had an accident at my football match. He said soccer because we're American, but you know, he's like, I had an accident at my soccer match and I was in the hospital yesterday and I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I thought you ghosted me. That's so funny. In that that case, yeah, you really (laughs) did something happen bad to him. Okay, ladies. So modern love. We got to get people through this. Mm-hmm. I hope you've brought your top. I know you've brought your top tips. If this is your first time, or just to remind you, each week we take a topic inspired by the news. And this week, modern love, we discuss it, debate it, and give you top tips on how to survive it. And we do that by Daisy and Kaylee bringing their top tips and me judging which ones are the best. I give two points for the top tip and one point for rebuttals. Now, Kaylee is coming back. She's our returning champion. Three to one. She, so she's on a three episode streak. Daisy really wants redemption this week. And we're going to see if she gets it. Ooh, look at that face. I'm actually, to be honest, past wanting redemption. I would like it noted that these you know, who wins and who loses is only decided by one person. It's just one person's opinion. Mine. I'm fine with my position as being the loser of this game because I feel morally, spiritually in life, I win, you know, so I'm fine. You let her win again. Let her win a hundred times. It- oh, that's so nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really nice of you. 
that. Right. I feel like you've grown as a person. <laughs> Definitely. Even though I know you don't actually believe any of it. No, I don't. <laughs> I know the win is everything. I've got nothing else in my life, gang. Just let me once win. Come on. <sighs> okay. Well, we will see. Kaylee, as always, you will begin because only, not always, but you're just the champion yeah. this week. Listen and I only mean bias, that. Even in how she said it. Because you're always winning, Kaylee, <laughs> and you're my best friend. You can go first. Because I love you, Kaylee. Just you tell me your winning top tip, and then that loser can spout on about something. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because I don't do horrible impressions of Molly that she likes me more. <laughs> I think because I would start doing horrible impressions of Kaylee, she might still like me. My name's Kaylee. I love living on a boat and I make documentaries about ducks. Everyone should be nice to each other. <laughs> it's really hard to do an impression of you because you're so nice. It was like a really backhanded compliment. Um, Daisy, that was not a very good impression of me. And I will say, I don't sound like that. You met you sounded like a Sesame Street character. <laughs> but what I did love is that you said I made documentaries about ducks. Now that is something I can get on board with. Yeah, for elevating that Instagram story video to documentary. Way, way to go. That was a backhanded compliment. I love it. What I meant to say is, as always, the champion goes first. And Kaylee is the cha the returning champion. She's been the survivalist of the week, three weeks running. We will see if Daisy comes back. And with that, Kaylee, what is your top tip for surviving modern love? Okay. So my first top tip is let yourself be imperfect. Now, recently, I've been thinking about the damaging associations of perfection. We may feel like we have to be perfect in order for someone to love us. In terms of creativity, wanting to be perfect can hinder a person's ability to create. And it's the same with love. Striving for perfection hinders our true joy and enjoyment of other people. A phrase like, I'm going to let myself be imperfect is liberating. And it applies to modern love because we live in an age of excess. For example, in the Western world, everything we want can be granted with just a click on the right touchscreen button. Our phones are like genie lamps, our fingers in many cases like Jafar, doing more harm than good. Once we get what we want, we want more. There is the destabilizing feeling in our modern world that nothing is ever going to be enough for us. Take online dating. If you match with someone on Hinge and they never talk to you, users often feel like they are disposable, generating feelings of worthlessness. What I like about dating apps is variety. It introduces you to people you would never meet in real life. When I first moved to London, I went on a date with a guy who was a contestant on the world's strongest man. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, when in my life would I ever have met him? I watched it quite a lot growing up. But I felt like that was the positive aspect of internet dating. I was also just happy I could sit on his lap and he didn't say ow. <laughs> there are a lot of pros and cons to the heavy use of social media in our society, but social comparison is the main negative one. And I'm studying an online course at Yale. What? Yale? Yeah, Yale. Me at Yale. My mum would be very proud. And it's called The Science of Wellbeing. And in the course, the professor Laurie Santos says to avoid social media as it has negative impacts on our brain. If you can't delete it, then we need to be aware of the reference points that we're letting in. 
So comparing your love life to Rita Ora is not going to be beneficial because it's an upward comparison, mm -hmm. which means you're just wallowing in your inability to be something that you're not. And if you're going to socially compare yourself, you need to reset the comparison point to something more achievable. For example, your friends go on a romantic trip to the Lake District. You think, ah, oh, I want to do that. So you do. They inspired you. They didn't make you hate your skin that you're in because you can't lie on a yacht in the Seychelles with people making you cocktails. So embracing imperfection is a step towards being kinder to ourselves and there are benefits to social media, but its rapid growth is creating a distance between our sense of self. The beautifying filters on Snapchat make us look like a different person just so an online world can like us. Why do we want people to like a fabricated perfect version of ourselves? These filters are having a ne negative impact on our bodies and with the low self-esteem comes toxic relationships. Why don't we like our blemishes? Why don't we accept our scars? My tooth fell out last year while I was eating a vegan pizza from Iceland, the shop. And I got pretty down about the fact that no one would ever love me again. Oh. Look, yeah, it's, it's quite gross, actually, when I look at it. But anyway, um, two grand to get a new tooth. I can't afford that. So um, I see everyone else as perfect. And because I know myself deeply and consider it a bad thing that I'm imperfect, I sort of get down on myself about that. I did a Google of beautiful women with missing teeth. And then I reset my reference point. And now I forgot about it. I actually forget about my tooth until now. And that initial happiness that I had in that moment when it fell out onto the vegan pizza, it's passed. I don't really, I don't really go back to that dismal place. Briefly, I want to just talk about the etymology of the word perfect, as it comes from the Latin meaning imperfect, lacking, immoral, sinful, and the opposite being for perfect, which is perfectus, finished and complete. And if we can embrace the nature of the word and say to ourselves, I'm going to let myself be incomplete because life is a process and we're all constantly changing. In light of this, then we do need to change our language around love. So a lot of people say perfect for each other or, oh, he's perfect for me. She's perfect. They are perfect. We are perfect. But long term, these terms affect us and it kind of builds a lie because that person is going to disappoint us because they're not perfect. And we will upset a lover in the same way because we are not perfect. Language like that damages our relationship with others and ourselves. Leonard Cohen has a quote that says, there is a crack in everything. That is how the light gets in. And I really love this quote and I use it a lot. Embracing our flaws leads to healthy connections with equally healthy people. And there's an, a Japanese art of kintsugi, which is making something broken into something beautiful. And it's a bit like the broken teacup theory in episode one. This art takes what is broken and uses golden lacquer to meld it back together. The emphasis is on how changed and beautiful this vase is. The art form has such visual effects of our flaws. Our scars in love. Some people might still have tattoos from past loves and might want to remove them. But what if they don't? What if we wear our love marks with pride? Why is having a broken heart so embarrassing? Because we put ourselves out there and felt, and that's it really. So let yourself be imperfect. Oh, that's lovely. Also, where where is your missing tooth? I've never noticed that you have a missing tooth. Oh, I did notice and I'm so glad you finally mentioned it, Kaylee, because it's very distracting. What's hilarious is that I, for those of you who can't see Kaylee, her missing tooth is right at the back of her mouth and you cannot see it unless you're a lunatic and inspecting her mouth. Uh, thank you, Kaylee. I don't know if Daisy's already started on a rebuttal, but Daisy, whenever you are ready, rebut that 
top tip. I very much enjoyed Katie's humble brag of having dated the world's strongest man who I, I don't know and I don't want to throw shade about the world's strongest man. Firstly, I'm doubting the legitimacy. I want to know, did he tell you that or did you Google him or check? Because people can lie on dates. But even if you did date the world's strongest man, I just don't imagine him being much of a conversationalist. Uh, bonus top tip for Kaylee if you want a relationship to last is don't sit on people's laps on the first date because you're not a child and it's kind of weird but that aside you know that's your business I think social media can actually you know give unfavorable comparisons because people do tend to compare up and whereas in the old world you're comparing with neighbors now you could compare with anyone but I think you just have to balance your social media to have enough underwhelming friends on there that you don't feel so bad about yourself because the opposite could be true like I have this friend and she's very nice don't get me wrong but she does these like kind of weird like drawings and collages and she makes these <laughs> kooky little videos about like birds like oh and calls herself a coot pervert every time <laughs> she comes up on my facebook i feel better about myself i'm like wow there is a level lower than this so i think you can balance that and then not be perfect i think yeah don't be perfect sure i agree but strive for it you know that's i would i would modify the tip to say you know try and be the best version of yourself don't let yourself go don't just do drawings and spy on birds and make weird collages be the best self you can be you're a bright girl Kaylee I, I believe in you Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Oh. Is that is that are you are you done, Daisy? Oh yeah, I'm done. Great. Oh, she's done. But also he wasn't the winner of the, the strongest man in the world. He was a contestant. That's to be honest, much bleaker, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> And he was very boring and had no conversation and he only drank tequila. Shock. <laughs> <laughs> and I still sat on his lap. <laughs> yeah, you needed to do something, right? But I am shocked that a world's strongest man contestant was not big on the conversation because, you know, they're known for their dazzling personalities. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Daisy, for that rebuttal. And now, Daisy, it is your turn for your top tip. First one for modern love. Okay, so my tip number one is if you go dogging, don't litter. So <laughs> I took my information on this from Cosmopolitan magazine, Lester Mercury, dogging.co.uk. That's right. I did my research, an article from the sun and a channel four documentary. I'm not sure whether I need to cite my references, but I will just in case. I love your professionalism. Uh, thank you. I found it was perfect. I heard someone do it on another podcast. So I was like, Oh yes, I should give them credit. <laughs> this is obviously, it's a very specific topic to say, mm. don't litter if you go dogging but I picked it because I just would love Kaylee hippie Cassidy to argue for littering so I felt like <laughs> this is one of those topics where I'm gonna win okay, real quick Daisy I I'm I'm asking this because before I moved here I didn't know what is can you <clears throat> define dogging I, I certainly can sure okay so 
Dogging is wherein a group of people pre-arranged, often now via the internet. Dogging.co.uk is a great site, by the way. (laughs) Genuinely, there's a dogging site called Dogging.co.uk. And people send, I don't know the dogging community well, but there is a sort of public message board on there where people seem to be sending the nicest messages to each other. Talking about meat, saying they like each other's shoes. There's little topic threads. They just seem like friendly people. Anyway, but dogging is where people, strangers generally, and it's sort of got to be anonymous, they meet in a car park or somewhere remote in the countryside in their cars and they have sex with strangers. So it's in both the homosexual and the heterosexual community, all different walks of life, people you know, could go dogging. It's called dogging, apparently, because dog walkers would often catch people kind of doing this, having sex in cars. Ah, Um, I did not know that part. Makes sense. Doggers, as they're collectively known, they do like to pick remote spots because although it's not really technically illegal to to go dogging, there's a lot of offences associated with it. So if you were dogging and having sex in a car and someone walked past and they saw you kind of and they didn't want to see you and you're in a public place then you could you know there's like indecent exposure and that kind of thing so they they are they do tend to to pick remote places where that's unlikely although I was once doing a gig in Scotland where this guy in the audience I was talking about getting engaged and he told me his engagement story and it was so funny because he proposed at a dark sky park so dark sky parks are supposed to be where there's really little light pollution so you see like amazing stars so he sets his whole thing up drives his then you know girlfriend to this dark sky park and then he notices all these cars around him and then basically realizes they're all having sex around him and I was (laughs) like oh my god what did you do with your proposal and he was like I just did it really quickly and I thought that is my (laughs) kind of man someone who wasn't like oh maybe this now isn't the time he thought no no we've driven all this way I'll just ignore the man furiously masturbating over there and just ask (laughs) will you marry me but they were he was there at the gig on his stag do so they obviously did get married so good for him but okay, so, and I don't, I want to be really clear in this. I am not judging dogging. I do not care what consenting adults do with their time. I think it is so weird and Victorian when people have opinions about other people's sex lives. I think it's really conservative and odd because I just mm-hmm. think, why do you care? Why does it bother you? I, I think that when mm-hmm. people don't want to, because like this is a separate issue, but like obviously prostitution's legal, but soliciting isn't. And again, I think, why do you care? Why does it bother you? Let them do whatever they want to do. But anyway, I saw a, a very good Channel 4 documentary called Dogging Tales, which was, on, <laughs> as I said, on Channel 4. <laughs> Firstly, kudos to whoever made that documentary because it is so accidentally funny the people are supposed to be disguised but they're just wearing really quite small animal masks so firstly everything they say they seem kind of ridiculous because of the animal masks but also if you already knew those people a hundred percent you would recognize them because their voices in disguise is such a small mask you'd just be like oh that's Stephen carroll from next door um, but- <laughs> 
bless them, they they tried. But it's interesting because they interview a lot of people who were from the dogging community. One man said that he liked it because he can be a bit self-conscious and he felt that dogging, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad because you'll mm. never see the person again. And there was something about his sort of lazy commitment to underachieving that I really related to. And I thought <laughs> that's a really nice idea. I, but another woman said, and this was quite a common theme of women saying that dogging really helped them with their like self-esteem and their confidence, which I thought was funny because it's not something a confidence coach would ever recommend. They'd never be like, have you considered <laughs> going to a random lay-by to be shagged by many men? <laughs> also, I love like, that I said shagged there like I'm from the 60s. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So, but yeah, so basically it's this sort of consensual activity People have sex outside. The side note, the woman who said about feeling more confident, her boyfriend was a man named Les and she had the name tattooed Les on her arm. And I just thought that is such a bleak tattoo. Never get your partner's name tattooed no. on you. But especially if it's not Les, do you mean just aim higher? <laughs> and then Les said something that I found really depressing, which was his car he didn't feel was big enough for dogging. He had like this tiny little three door car. And I thought, gosh, if you're going to commit to this hobby, commit to a big car. Like I just get a loan, get a Volvo estate. There's nothing sadder about wanting an orgy, but being like, oh guys, my car's too small. Has <laughs> anyone else got something? Like a Volvo estate, I think is the perfect car for dogging, uh, if you ask me. Anyway, the, the interviewer also asked someone, and again, I just love that the guy didn't understand the question because the interviewer said, when you go out dogging, what are you looking for? And clearly meant like companionship or excitement. And this guy said, well, I'm just always hunting for the furry triangle. What? <laughs> basically meant vagina. <laughs> and I thought, again, <laughs> furry triangle. That's what he called it. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's just, it sort wow. of repulsed me, but also amused me in equal measure. A lot of people said that it made them feel less vulnerable to getting hurt. A lot of women said they found it quite empowering. So yeah, I don't really have a problem with it although there was one man named Terry and God love Terry he said that he went dogging because his wife was cheating on him he didn't like that but he didn't want her to leave him so he decided they'd go dogging together so then she wasn't really cheating and you could tell he hated it and I thought Terry my love not <laughs> wanting your wife to cheat so you then take her to a group sex scenario it's like feeling a bit hot so you set yourself on fire do you know what I mean like <laughs> Terry you need a new wife but if you're listening imagine this by by chance Terry I, I felt you could do better oh, but then they interviewed this guy so they wanted to get in the documentary like balance from the community so they spoke to this man now if you were casting for a nosy neighbor no callbacks necessary this was your man he was such a <laughs> like Jenny get involved but he said what he really didn't like was the litter they left behind because people would come to this lovely woodland next to where he lived and they would leave drinks bottles condom wrappers and that I actually completely agreed with because I thought if you're gonna go dogging sure enjoy your life but you know dog as a collective take turns bring it bring a bin bag pop it in the back of the car when you get home put it in a bin just be a polite adult you know I think dog is pretty victimless crime but I think you're gonna get yourself in trouble by by leaving rubbish because then local residents won't like it and you know you'll get police interceptors coming along <laughs> to stop you dogging but they're also 
this man said something which was such a lie, but I found it such a funny lie. He said that he had found a condom on a tree and he was sure that women were like basically impaling themselves and pleasuring themselves on trees. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> I thought, my friend, I don't feel you understand how trees or women work. <laughs> but sure. But yeah, so that's my thing. I think if you're going to go jogging, enjoy your life. Don't be judged, but do clear up your litter. Thank you, Daisy. Okay, Kaylee, you need to rebut. If you go dogging, don't litter. Okay, yeah, it's great. I actually was a bit lost in your top tip because it seemed to not talk about littering at all. The Most of it wasn't about littering, but finally you came back to it at the end, which was really good. I'm glad there's proof, really. Lit- sorry, littering was not the most interesting part of dogging. <laughs> so that's your top tip, mate, and don't interrupt me. Now I've lost my flow. So what I was saying was it was a top tip saying don't litter but you didn't talk about the littering until the very end. And that was what I was waiting for because that was your top tip. But I'm glad we finally get back to it. So that's a compliment to you. You got back to it. Finally, you took your tangent where it needed to be. And what I was saying was I'm glad that they're using protection, these people that have just met each other. It's important. And isn't it good to have proof that people are being safe? Now, I'm not for littering, but it is important to know that people are being safe. The other thing I was saying was it's good that you can combine your research with the podcast and looking up (laughs) spicy sex spots for you and your husband. I know that you've never really been comfortable talking about your your obsession with dogging. And I'm really pleased that you could take, take this time on this podcast to talk about your impulses because I also don't think it's right to judge people. It's very Victorian, you're right. There is a description in on on dogging, dogging.com, which is a very small print in the terms and conditions, which says that if you are a dogger, you have to litter. So um, it's going to be a problem if doggers can't litter because then the, whole, then the whole world will be like up in arms. Catting is a thing. Have you heard of catting? No. Catting takes place at home. So if you do litter, then, then you can just pick up after yourself. So it's probably better to go catting than dogging. There is a website called Catting Tales. Catting is um, the most ridiculous lie. So what, catting is just people having sex at home? Yeah. Then the whole world is catting. <laughs> that is the dumbest okay. lie. But also I want to say, when I first met you, Daisy, I thought I recognised you from somewhere, like at the improv class. I was like, where do I know her from? And then I realised it was from Dogging Tales. <laughs> you were wearing one of those little masks. And I, and, I, and I thought it was a really nice mask. It was really good. But yeah, no, it's good. It's good that you it's a good top tip to pick. It's just important, I think, for the evidence to be there that people are being safe. Great. Thank you. It's good to know I've been catting this entire time. (laughs) Okay, great stuff, ladies. Really, really good stuff. Love it. So Kaylee's is let yourself be imperfect. Daisy's is one for the planet. If you go dogging, don't litter. I'm going to give I'm going to start with the rebuttal and I'm going to give the rebuttal to Daisy for strive to be the best version of yourself. I think that is great advice that we all can just try to be the best version of you. And for the two, so that's one point to Daisy. And then for the two point argument, I'm actually gonna give it to Kaylee because sometimes the best version of you is not perfect. And we just need to accept that. Don't put so Um, much stress. Okay, I'm not done, Daisy. I'm not done, I'm just still talking. <laughs> so sometimes just don't put so much stress on yourself or 
for dating and just period. Okay, Daisy, you had a comment. I don't want to judge your judgment, Molly, but I know at this point I lose every week, so it makes zero difference whether I do it or not. You just argued opposite points. You said be the best version of yourself and then don't try and be perfect. I think it's because your top tip was so bad that she had to just give them both to mine. Okay, okay. How dare you? You are endorsing littering, Cassidy. I am going to call the hippie police and tell them that you are no longer one of them and they will send you, I don't know, a poem or whatever to let you know you're out the gang. No, don't do that, Daisy, please. I can't, I can't, I can't. That can't happen to me. I can't be out That's all she has left, Daisy. That's all she has left. I, I won't do it. I won't do it. They don't need chanting you anyway or send you incest or something oh <laughs> incest i meant incense <laughs> like the stuff you burn not, not brothers and sisters <laughs> i love that don't you be police and people okay i still stand by i hear you daisy but i still stand by what i say okay we're moving on to our top tip number two and daisy you will be starting daisy what is your second tip for surviving modern love okay so my second tip is based on personal experience and it's about online dating and when you go online dating to not overly emotionally invest until it's worth investing in. I think people, it's very difficult in online dating. I think you have to be incredibly pragmatic and just play the numbers. Just go through and just think statistically, everyone you get through, you're closer to someone else. You know, I met my husband. So I, this is from a real place of authority because I was online dating for about six years and I can tell you, I played those numbers and I eventually met my husband. He actually lived on the next street to me in London, but we met on Tinder. So we are actually a Tinder couple, although I hate to say it out loud. It is true. I know a couple of those actually. Yeah. Well, the funniest thing is, and this is where I think online dating is so random. His first message to me was a gif of a bear waving and he genuinely, and I ignore so many people on online dating because I can't be bothered. And if, even if someone, it's so unfair, if someone just said, hi, how are you? I'd be like, oh, bored. Whereas he did a gif of a bear waving and I was like, oh, I love bears. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and, um, now he's my husband. But yeah, but you have to, I think, crack a lot of eggs to get to a good one or whatever that saying is. And I cracked, wow, a lot of rotten eggs. My husband is like eggs Benedict. He's like a lazy Sunday brunch. He's the best, but most of them weren't. I did everything. I did Match.com. I did Bumble. I did Tinder. I did plenty of fish. I met a guy whose business partner had fucked him over when he was working out in Dubai. So he had to come back to London to live with his mum. And the business partner had gone off with this guy's ex-wife. We went for ramen and he cried. <laughs> <laughs> was that good of a date, huh, Daisy? It was, oh my God, it was so awkward. He was like, she left me and he just literally cried over ramen. And I was like, this is not the place to cry. And it was one of those restaurants <laughs> in London where you're so tightly packed in on these wooden benches. And I thought this is just the most awkward I've ever felt. And then bless him he had the sheer sheer cheek after this terrible day and I felt on a human level I did feel sorry for him so I was super nice about it and then he texted me a few days later was like oh do you want to go for like a coffee or something and I was like absolutely not nope did you ghost him I didn't ghost him I just said thank you but I, I think you need to take some time for yourself 
to feel better before you before you date sort of actively there was a guy that was so posh that when we went to comedy he said here here instead of laughing so literally he wouldn't laugh he'd just go here 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 and it was it was mortified i was so embarrassed but he was a nice guy he just i couldn't take it there was a guy who said he thought i was lovely but he was too shallow to date me which was actually quite convenient for me because I don't date cunts <laughs> so, <laughs> so when he said that I was like ah I've just realized who you are so nope to you I like it when people are clear though there was a guy and this is not a lie and I don't even I wanted to make this into stand-up but I didn't because it sounds so implausible but on about a third date we went for a walk in the woods and he shat himself <laughs> What? Listen, he literally he was like i'm so sorry like i think i've got a bit of a stomach bug and he went behind a tree and he shot himself and that was oh god it was did you have another date no of course we didn't i just couldn't get past it I was... is his name ben i'm just kidding <laughs> And then I married him. No, it wasn't Ben. I want that on the record. Absolutely not Ben. Ben has never shown in front of me. Oh, sorry. Go on, Kaylee. I'll let you. I was going to say you said you like bears, and bears shit themselves. They do shit in the woods, but that's not the element of bears that I really enjoy. I also (laughs) there was a guy that I went on a. It was like our maybe fifth day, and it was at his house, and it was the weirdest day I ever had because, firstly he made this like tomato kind of sausage stew thing. And I can't eat tomatoes. I'm not sure if I'm allergic to them, but fresh tomato does make me sick. So I probably am allergic to it. And I told him this when I arrived, I said, I'm so sorry, but I um I can't really eat fresh tomato. And he was like, oh, okay. It's just, you know, I have been working on it all day. And he was like clearly really annoyed. So I went, oh, sorry. Yeah, sure, I'll eat it. And then he brought his cat in and he called his cat had the stupidest name, like Camilla or something, Camilla the cat. And he had this game <laughs> on his phone called Cat Piano, where you press the phone and go like, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> and he let me have a shot with it. And I was like pressing it like crazy. This cat starts going mad and like running around the room in circles of eight. He was so angry. He was literally like, can you please stop? winding up Camilla and I was like oh I'm sorry I, I think <laughs> forget about it in a minute. anyway so then I said okay I'm really sorry about that and then I left because it was just all a bit awkward and as I left it was winter and something about like the warm air of his house and then hitting the cold air outside and having had all the fresh tomato I vomited on his doorstep and um <laughs> again he was so annoyed and I thought you were the one that forced me to eat something that I'm allergic to. You did to, warn so. him. Yeah, so but don't get me wrong, I'm I'm throwing a lot of shade on men here. I used to drink a lot, so I was not the ideal date either. I was quite the boozy Susan. I remember <laughs> one date in Scotland palpably boring this man because I got really drunk and then told him how unfair I thought the UK education system is. <laughs> at length in detail and he looked so underwhelmed but online dating is hard I would not recommend having pen pals you know when you just type forever at someone because you can meet them and then that kind of indefinable spark isn't there and you've got all excited I think don't invest at all just play it like you know the numbers game 
the more people you meet, the more, you know, likely you're going to meet someone nice. And cloaking is apparently something that is one further than ghosting. And that's when you delete someone from all of or block them on all social media as well. So they really might think that you died. Don't do that either. <laughs> Glamboozled. This is all from a Daily Mail article, by the way, these terms. Glamboozled is when you get all dressed up and then the date is cancelled. But oh. as I said... I was quite into the booze. So had that happened to me, I think I'd have just gone out anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But my favorite term is something called breadcrumbing. And breadcrumbing is when you just give someone drips and drabs of attention to kind of keep them on the hook. And I'm sorry, only certain girls would even get away with that. And I'm not one of those girls. I look like, uh, for the benefit people listening, a chubby version of my older brother. I did not, I had to sell my personality. I did not have the kind of look that would allow for breadcrumbing. I think they would have just lost interest. I really had to I disagree. my personality pop. But thank you, Molly. That's very kind. There's also something called benching, which is where you put someone on the back burner whilst you see if something else works out. And I think someone did that to me recently because someone messaged me on WhatsApp and I didn't even have their number saved. And they said, oh, hi, how are you? Hope you're well. It would be great to meet up sometime. And I went, oh, I'm sorry, who's this? And he said, oh, it's, <laughs> it's Mike from Plenty of Fish. Or we spoke on Plenty of Fish. And I was like, that has to be over two years ago. I'm now married. Obviously not. But I love <laughs> the arrogance of someone that they think you would have held on to that for two years and think that you chatted to someone once. But yeah, I think online data could be horrible. So what I would just say is really don't emotionally invest until you're at a point that you can. So the first date, I wouldn't even see it as a date. I would just see it as you're just meeting a stranger. Nice. Just meeting a stranger. Thank you, Daisy. Kaylee, your rebuttal. Okay, so my rebuttal's taking on a different flavor because um, I feel like needs to with Daisy's top tip. So my rebuttal is going to rebut Daisy's opinion of herself because... Daisy, you are beautiful. I look at you and I think you're stunning. I thought that the first time I saw you, you are stunning. Even if you were drunk in your past, that's fine. Let yourself be imperfect. And you, it doesn't matter. That tomato dish man was was not a nice person. (laughs) I think, what did you say? I said he's a dick. Yeah, such a dick. Because I think there's nothing worse than the ego of somebody getting in the way of the physical sickness of someone else. Like someone's allergic to something. You don't just say, well, I've made it all day. What a selfish person. I don't think all men are like that. But I definitely think that that guy... Can I just say, Molly, I'm fine with Kaylee getting the rebuttal point this time. I agree with all of it. I was about to say, you're screwed, Daisy. She wins everything. She's a princess. Yeah. Also, can I say, if you're going to cook something for someone you just started dating, you should ask, do you have any allergies or dietary requirements? Because people also are allergic to stuff and like a gluten intolerant or multiple things. So like he's a total dick. And this is the thing with modern dating, right? You've got people who are vegans, who are gluten free. 
So you need to, if you're inviting someone around for dinner, you need to ask them, what do, what can't you eat? And you need to accept that they can't eat that. And also that term that, you know, that old, you know, I like my old uh, proverbs. You've got to crack a lot of eggs until you get a good one. It's not actually that. It's you've got to sit on a lot of eggs and wait for a good one to hatch. That's why I'm sitting on the men's lap. <laughs> on the men's laps wait for a good one to hatch but yeah no I just wanted I just wanted to rebut something which probably wasn't directly linked to the um top tip emotionally investing but it was more relating to something that I thought came up in the tip great thank you Kaylee great great rebuttal okay Kaylee we now move to your second top tip so I feel quite strongly about this top tip it is so it might feel easy don't break up with your partner or lover via text message if you break up via whatsapp you're avoiding confrontation and silencing your partner this top tip is aimed at people who are in a relationship or who have established a bond with someone which extends beyond two dates it's fine to text someone after the first or second date and say something like hey i wasn't really feeling it it's way better than ghosting which leaves the ghosted person with no sense of closure and very low self-esteem The simple texting statistics show 57% of people admit to breaking up with somebody via text and 69% of people admit to receiving breakup texts. Now, about two years ago, I was dumped via WhatsApp voice message, which, let me tell you, broke my little heart into a number of tiny, tiny shards that took me a long time to kintsugi back together. Before you say anything, Daisy, it wasn't a two-date thing. We actually lived together and it was pretty disrespectful. Also, it's so futuristic to have the ability to replay the message over and over again. Just as technology has changed the way we date, it's also changed the way we love. Jonathan Bennett is a relationship expert, yet ironically, he's still single. No, I don't know that. I don't know that. But I just like the fact that he's a relationship expert. Um, He says it shows that someone is utterly indifferent to the emotions of the other or fearful of the emotions of the other, so they can't face them. And that's why they dump via text message. Maybe you're you physically cannot face them and it's long distance. I mean, there are going to be exceptions. Right now we're in a global pandemic and maybe you have done the breakup on Zoom. That aside, I think we need to be better at having difficult conversations in person to make our real connection stronger. I found a blog called The Social Man, which is all about how women need to get on board when men want to end things via text. It's a horrible blog by the way. The article is pretty crappy and extremely macho. It says men should be able to date the way they want and dump the way they want, which has historically been the privilege of the straight white man anyway. It didn't really feel like a modern article. My main issue is the man gives an example of when he dumped a girl after six months of dating because she wasn't fun anymore. Because women historically have been trained to please men. He texts her and she didn't reply. And he spends the whole article shitting all over her, saying she has no right to be mad at him as it's his life and he can do what he wants. My concern is that that behavior is not okay. If you're in a relationship with someone you are physically and emotionally close to, you accept it's not just about you. If you want to end it, fine, but do it in person so they can get some satisfaction from the closure. Text dumping is selfish, it's cowardly. And social man says, don't let a girl make you feel guilty for choosing a text. You don't owe her anything, which I think is bad advice. You do owe them something. I think that we owe our lover an in-person farewell, unless they are dangerous. 
And no, when I was dumped by my ex-boyfriend of two years, when we lived together, I was not dangerous, Daisy, before you start escalating that. I only cut off his toe and put it in a jar, but he had six, so it was okay. Thank you, Kaylee. I'm now slightly frightened of you. Also, I didn't do that. That was just a joke because it's a comedy podcast. I know, I'm kidding. That was not clear, so thank you for clarifying. But no, but none of you laughed. None of you laughed. Oh, I, I didn't laugh. laugh I did my you said it in such a sincere way that I was like, Ooh, okay. Weird. I did my silent laugh, but I laughed. Okay, thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, you're rebutting. Don't break up a relationship over WhatsApp or text. <laughs> it's such a difficult one to rebut because I so agree. I and I'm just gonna let her have this one because I, <laughs> I, I, I can't. The thing is, I genuinely think breaking up a relationship i think if you were breaking up like if you've been on one date two dates a text is perfectly fine but a relationship especially if you live with a person if you're sort of being officially a couple i think to break up that by text and not give anyone closure would be terrible so i don't know what to say on this one she's got me i think yeah well i will say this daisy that was a smart tactic because well, we'll get to that in a moment. I do have a comment on this. I never have done online dating. I feel like it's something I missed out on. It's pretty, it's pretty grim. You should probably try it. Well, I'll have to talk to my husband first, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what he thinks. I'm sure we'll be fine. Okay. So as I mentioned, Daisy, that was probably a good tactic. Just being like, you know what? She's got this one because the rebuttal point goes to Kaylee because I don't think any of us can argue with the fact that Daisy is beautiful inside and out. Uh, Daisy, you're not allowed to even respond to that. You just have to take it because I'm the judge. Okay. So that is one point to Kaylee. Now to, I think, uh, uh, you ladies are so good at this because every, every week you bring really good stuff and it's really hard. So don't overly emotionally invest in online dating versus don't break up a relationship over text. This is hard because I do agree with both of them. However, I'm giving the point to Daisy because if I had done online dating, I think I would need someone like Daisy in my life because I think when I dated too many times, I would get emotionally invested with these guys that did not deserve it at all. So, and I think, I think you do have to play the numbers with online dating. And I think just dating period. Can I add something to that as well? Yes. I actually think that I emotionally invest in stuff a lot and it's been to my detriment. So I think it's a really good top tip for modern love. Oh, it's so, yeah, it's so important because just ladies and gentlemen, don't invest, just get to know that person before you decide like, this is my one true love or whatever, especially half the time. They just want to get your pants. So there you go. That's why I don't wear any. Unless you don't wear any. Okay. So it is now tied three to three. So ladies, this really is going to decide it. Will Kaylee end her streak? Will Daisy come from behind? You know what I meant by that? Not in a sexual way, even though we're talking about modern love. Kaylee, what Mm -hmm. is your third top tip for modern love? So my third top tip is write a letter to your sexuality. It's a bit of a weird one, but surprise! This top tip concerns self-love and the importance of it in our very distracted modern world. A robin redbreast has a heart rate of a thousand beats a minute. We live at a similar pace. And because of that, we often lose sight of the simplicity of love. My main man, Alan de Breton, says loneliness does not end with the birth of love. And so we need to connect to our deep love of ourselves in order to enjoy life and one another. But where does sexuality come into all of this? A couple of days ago, I took a creativity class by Jasmine Curie, 
as part of the Spread Your World Quarantine Writing Project. It asks participants to, one, write a letter to their creativity, and then two, write a reply from your creativity. I loved the exercise and uncovered what a strong relationship I have with my creativity, but it was to the detriment of my relationship with my sexuality. I find labels uncomfortable, but felt writing a letter, giving my sexuality a voice, might lead me to discover something new. So write a letter to your sexuality and let it reply. It's an activity you can come back to again and again, though I feel a bit embarrassed. I'm, I won't, I don't know. Do you want me to read mine out? I re- I've got them here. Yeah. Well, if you want to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a bit, it's a bit embarrassing, but I feel like it's liberating to actually just to share it maybe. I'll, I will read it out because I'm a sacrificial lamb and it might help other people write theirs. I hope to demonstrate how helpful this exercise is for people in the modern world who are confused about what they are, who they are, and why they're brimming with these undirected urges, which are often stigmatized. So let's begin. Dear sexuality, firstly, I'd like to say I'm sorry for ignoring you. As a lapsed Catholic, I've struggled to embrace my sexual side and shame was an unsettling side effect. I'm sorry I was always drunk. As a lapsed Catholic, I have struggled to embrace my sober side. That must have been frustrating for you. Me always getting drunk when we were spending time together. Me always getting drunk to be a more confident person. It's been a rocky road, but thank you for being patient. I guess there have been people I've not let you explore because I was scared of rejection, men and women. It's scary, all this love and like stuff. I feel like labels are for food and allergy information, but they also offer clarity. After all, labels help the marginalised realise their sexual rights and establish global network. I suppose I've always been confused. I admire the people who own their sexuality. It's not a label, it is them. Their relationship with you is a bright and abundant thing. As a lapsed Catholic, I have definitely struggled to embrace you. And then what do you know of it? Sexuality replies. Dear Kaylee, thanks so much for your letter. You are brave and I am happy. I like the limelight. It feels sparky. I remember the first time you connected with me. We were watching Janelle Monet at Primavera Sound in 2019. You weren't drunk yet. We loved her, her singing, her dancing, her politics and her speeches about being a queer black working class woman. Something lifted in you. You stood taller, you seemed lighter. I think you even started wiggling your hips and doing sober slut drops, (laughs) hashtag legends. You asked your friend, what's Janelle's sexuality? And he said she's pan. You had never heard of it. You were in Catalonia after all and you got confused with bread. (laughs) Pan is Spanish for bread. Hashtag learning. (laughs) Really, it was a cheeky abbreviation for pansexuality, which is loving regardless of gender. Maybe you don't like labels because you never found the right one. All I know is something alembic happened and it's okay to find labels uncomfortable. Don't feel like you need to live in the modern world with one. Nothing is fixed. We are always changing. Right, babes. Gotta go. P.S. I love it when you slut drop. That's my top tip. Great. Ah, your sexuality is very nice. Very positive. Okay. Thank you, Kaylee. Daisy, your rebuttal for write a letter to your sexuality. I mean, it's hard to rebuttal something that is this hippie-ish, but basically, (laughs) Christ, what I would say is don't bother. Just feel whatever your sexuality is. It's a modern world. But in Kaylee's case, I think do fear rejection. I think it's important for you and your self-esteem, Kaylee, to protect yourself from possible rejection. Also, maybe a healthy sense of shame because Kaylee, whilst it's okay to feel what you feel and have that kind of you know pan whatever 
I think sometimes you've got to respect that not everyone has that. And Kaylee, I think this is a time, and I didn't want to do this publicly, but as it's come up, to talk about some of the messages you've been sending me, <laughs> some of the photographs, they are grossly inappropriate. Um, they make me feel very uncomfortable, and I would like <laughs> you to stop. Great! <laughs> <laughs> Again, it was quite a good point, so it was quite hard to remember. <laughs> right, okay. Like so I'm going to summarize that as, just keep, I, yeah, got it. Okay. Have a, set, have a sense of shame, my rebuttal. Have a sense of shame actually is. How Catholic of you. How <laughs> Scottish. At heart, I am pure Scotland and we do not do well. Be no shame. Okay. Daisy, what is your final top tip for modern love? Um, my final top tip is, again, it's quite specific. But if you have a robot sex toy, do not make it your friend. As technology advances, more and more things are uh, in our lives are affected by robots. And robots can be amazing. You know, you have bomb disposal robots, which save, you know, thousands of people's lives. But on the other side of that, you have killer drone robots for warfare that can be pretty dreadful uh you have robotic surgeons apparently there's 5,000 robot robot surgeons around the world Percy probably wouldn't trust one because I feel like it could malfunction but I guess so could a human but then self-serving tills I don't like even though it's not that I don't trust them it's just that I think it's a shame and my I always feel weirdly hurried by them and in tesco what? yeah i always feel like i don't know it's trying to like jog me along and in tesco there is a till and it's called the slow till and it's so and it's got this lovely sign that says you can go through this checkout and take as long as you need right now that is for people who maybe have a disability or an addition additional need or something like this I did not realize that I just thought it was people that didn't like to be hurried so I used the slow lane and then my mom was like why did you use the slow lane and I said I just don't like it when people rush me she was like that is not <laughs> what that is for so just that's my bonus top tip is that slow lanes are not for everyone but you know there's been huge things done by robots and they don't always mean that it costs people's jobs um actually they found in the 80s that japanese car factories were doing so much better than the uk that the uk then started using robots in their car factories and actually it increased jobs within those factories so it's you know it's it's i don't want to say i think robots can be great and i think a sex robot i'm sure could be great and if you again if you want to have sex with a robot nothing to do with me that's up to you but I think it's kind of sad if you make it then your partner because I think you're really missing something. I mean, in Japan, between 2016 and 2019, apparently there were 300,000 marriages to holograms. So literally these sort of AI programs. So AI is artificial intelligence. So it's where technology can teach itself. And it doesn't always go right. AI can be quite creepy and it go very wrong. So I saw a really fascinating TED talk by um, Lauren Kunz, who is a scientist, and she worked on something called Realbotics. And anyway, she was talking about Tay, who was a Microsoft chatbot who learned and developed from Twitter. So essentially within days, it was this like sexist, homicidal, racist 
because it was like reflecting the internet. So it can definitely go wrong. Apparently, it's more of a male thing. Like one in four men apparently would consider having sex with a robot, whereas only one in 10 women would. And they did a study of couples and a lot of the men wrongly thought the wife wouldn't mind if he had sex with a robot, whereas actually many cases she would. But I want to talk about robotics. So just so we understand what we're dealing with, they made this incredibly realistic doll, which is what a sex robot is. They have this almost, it looks like real skin. They look like a really kind of attractive real woman, but obviously just quite dead behind the eyes, which could be, you know, to be fair, that is the same of anyone from like, Sunderland so you know but <laughs> rude but they make uh, this this really realistic doll called Harmony 3.0 apparently she can tell jokes which I assume are bad and she can read poems you know like every normal woman does and Kaylee yeah actually that is like Kaylee this is some of my favorite details but this is not like Kaylee because she has a self-lubricating vagina <laughs> she has machine this part is disgusting she has Kaylee's actually shaking her head. Yes, she does have no. Okay, I thought that was a shaking her head. Yes, that she does self lubricate her vagina. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, 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 Daisy. She has machine washable, as in washing machine washable intimate parts, as in dishwasher safe, which is just disgusting. Imagine putting your plates in and then, oh, don't mind my robot's vagina. <laughs> she can be programmed for different moods, such as moody, flirty, or jealous. And I'm like, who wants a jealous robot girlfriend? How does that even work? Like, you were looking at the dishwasher. <laughs> She can do different accents. One of the most popular ones is Scottish, which I'm assuming oh, is Fife and not Glasgow. Do you mean? Because Glasgow is just not a sexy accent. That's going to put anyone. I disagree. Sexy. I think they're all very sexy. Oh, I'm... you have no heard the Glaswegian accent then. Do you know what I mean, Hen? Because I'd be like, that's it. Do me in the fucking bum. <laughs> can use that as a quote for the ages. Could put that in my voice reel. It's, this is the weirdest thing, though, about robotics. She has. 42 customizable nipple colors and I just thought who is that for I have never cared about the color of someone's nipple I've never seen a man I thought he's perfect if only he was just had a slightly pinker nipple I would be all on board but it's for creepy men I mean that's who it's for and there's a, a channel 4 documentary which by the way if you're ever looking for kind of weird information I find that Channel 4 documentaries are an absolute treasure trove. But they did a documentary called The Sex Robots Are Coming. And there was a man, which I assume is a pun. Anyway, there was a man named John whose wife went off for a few months to care for her mother. So like an ever supportive husband supporting his wife, caring for a family member who's ill, he got nine sex dolls and then he refused to choose between them. So she ended up having to live with these nine creepy big human dolls. And when you see her interviewed, bless her, she's so long suffering. You could just tell she can't afford to leave. She's like, yeah, I guess it's this thing now. And she was, she was so sweet and I felt so sorry for her and then but this is the creepiest part when I was watching there was an interview on this morning and this man who had a sex doll 
and was still married and he had two young children. And he said, oh, the kids are fine with it because she actually has a family mode. So I could click her into family mode and she'll tell them like nature facts or stories or do games with them. And they were like, oh, do, do your children not mind it? And they said, no, they kind of see her as like a big doll. They like it when she comes out in the car with us. And they were like, okay, how old are your children? He was like, oh, they're two and four. And I thought, yeah, well, a two and a four-year-old might not care about daddy's massive doll until they get to like, I don't know, an eight and 10-year-old and realize that dad's fucking the doll. Do you mean your favorite <laughs> boy? I mean, that's just therapy waiting to happen. But, but I mean, apparently there's this San Francisco-based tech company called Replica. They say they have 7 million users and, and they've got AI bots for friendship, but apparently most of them are women. So in terms of friends, it's actually women that, that like AI technology, but not for, for sex. And I, you know, there's been crowdfunding campaigns for the first sex robot brothel. And I, there's something about that that I find a bit horrible because I feel like you should be nice to robots. And even AI technology, because AI is even something like Alexa, I think it's a really bad habit when people are rude to AI because I think it then will spill over into being rude to like each other and just, I know to say it's dehumanizing because it's a robot is stupid, but you know what I mean? I think it's just, it's a bad habit. But I think, you know, if you want to have sex with a robot, you know it wouldn't be for me but women have vibrators and you know all that kind of thing but I do think that it's never gonna replace a real human connection and that's something that should always be valued and held on to especially in an increasingly modern world I think that you have to hold on to something that's real and ultimately a robot if you're just using it for pleasure as a sort of tool that's fine but if you genuinely feel which some of these men bless their hearts do that this is your kind of partner I think you're missing out on something because you've trained this thing to be perfect and to your exact specification the right nipple color or whatever but you can't train it to be real you can't train it to have real feelings because it's just a circuit that someone could reprogram and I think there's something really sad about that and I think the ultimate example to kind of prove my point and win this argument and hopefully this podcast is if I said to you you can have a robot and this is my ultimate argument for why robots can't be a, a real human relationship if I said to you there's lots of children currently in care who need good homes the government have a scheme where you give them a home and you give them an AI parent and the AI parent will do everything to keep that child safe because that's what they're programmed to do they can't malfunction they've been rigorously tested and the mother robot mother 2.0 she can wash the children she can do all the housework she can read the child's story she can put the child to bed she is programmed to absolutely ensure that that child remains safe she'll talk to it she'll engage with it she has all of this pre-programmed in and those children would be safe there, you wouldn't want to put a child in care with a robot parent, even if the parent could do all of that because something so human would be fundamentally missing. So that's my argument, is if you want to have sex with a robot, 
be my guest, but don't make it your friend. Thank you, Daisy. Okay, Kaylee, your rebuttal. I think that making friends with something that you're having sex with is never a bad thing because I think that sex is an intimate thing and we need to attach in order to come and enjoy it. So creating an attachment to that sex robot is probably quite important for the benefits of what that dynamic is, especially if they're realistic. Because if they're realistic and you don't make it a friend, then it's sort of a disconnection of what a relationship is. And there's a movie called Shallow Hal. And have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he makes friends with this doll and the whole village get on board with it. And the, the moral of the story is that he needed to have that friendship with that doll in order to rehabilitate and get back into society. I think um, you're thinking of a different film, love. Oh, yeah, you, you're thinking of... Um, no, I'm thinking of... Lars and the Real Girl. Lars and the Real Girl. Why do they say Shadow Hell? That's so <laughs> funny. Well, 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 actually, I meant Lars and the Real Girl because yeah. it's good that you bloody, you guys have seen it. So I love that movie and I like the message behind it and I like how they all go and trust him and his relationship with this doll and eventually I think they give her a funeral and he actually integrates into real life again. So obviously these things are a process and as that example, as that process is, it was beneficial of him to make friends with this doll in order for him to integrate with real life and be a person in the world again so i actually think that it's important to make friends with something that you're going to have sex with thank you kaylee very nice okay uh, another honestly really close one write a letter to your sexuality versus don't make your sex robot your friend value human connection again i think they're both really solid and the rebuttals have some shame which yeah and make make a connection whatever you're gonna have sex with both solid So I'm going to start with the points for the argument because that's really going to be the decider. And I'm going to give the points this week to Daisy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It is very important to value human connection, especially now with everything going on. I feel like I'm seeing that more and more how much I value human connection. And I think it's it's really important. This also reminds me, have you guys seen the movie Her with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? And uh, Scarlett Johansson is the voice of this. It's like a near future where this guy basically starts dating his AI, but then she ends up leaving him for like another AI. Really interesting. I fell asleep at one point, but anyway, that's another. (laughs) Anyway, it just reminded me of that. But yeah, I think human connection is so important. And, uh, and yeah, you got to value that. So that means Daisy with five points and the win. Daisy is the survivalist of the week. Thank Congratulations, you. Daisy. I would have had, had I not won this week, to be fair, the mother of all salts. So I'm glad for all of your sakes. I just have to say that it was it was probably quite important for you because you did have a lot more time. I think your top tip number three was 15 minutes and mine was only four minutes. So you obviously, it's good that you had all that time in order to be able to, you, to feel no, better hang about on a minute, hang on. Nobody cut you off. Nobody, you know, I did the research. I had a lot of points to make. You could do longer points, Cassidy. I mean, I like that yours are short, but if you want to add to them, I think that was a very bitter response there for someone who's still winning. I think everybody's top tips were appropriate length for them. <laughs> Who I won the rebuttal? I, I think I can have an opinion. Last week you had a massive rant. I did lost. have a rant. I lost so my I mind. I have a moment to shine, honey, man. <laughs> that is true. 
Molly, who won the rebuttal there? Uh, the rebuttal's hard because I do agree it is healthy to have a little bit of shame that it's helped me a lot in life. But I also agree with Kaylee that it's important to have an intimate connection with something. But I'm going to give the rebuttal to Daisy. Have some shame. It's important. I think having some shame. <laughs> this has been my favorite episode. So far, God, I know you're going to say that. Kaylee, do you have anything that you want to end on? No, just um, next week, make them shorter, Daisy, because I'm sick of your voice. <laughs> oh, basically, um, I just basically, I think that the cast of this documentary, uh, yeah. Thank you, Kaylee. This has been How to Survive Your Life. <laughs> oh, I was only doing the impression because it was very delayed from your repression of repression impression of me one of the key things in comedy kaylee is if you're going to snap back at someone do it at least 45 minutes after they came at you because that's what makes you seem very powerful (laughs) you know when someone gets back at someone it's like almost to the point that they forgot the original comment you're like ah zing zing yeah zing 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 this has been how to survive your life i'm your host molly merwin i am joined by daisy earl and kaylee cassidy you can follow us on instagram and twitter at how the number two survive pod and i really should be more yes i'm being told yes that's definitely it that's definitely it guys and on facebook how to survive your life you can email us if you don't like social media at how to survive your life pod at gmail.com if you enjoy this podcast please like and subscribe and tell your friends your mothers your great aunts your dog your dog's walker if you don't like this podcast please don't tell anyone thanks so much we will see you next week when we tell you how to survive your life bye-bye thanks to jazar for our theme music